guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Fight the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. And how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? What's happening, everybody? And welcome back to another episode here of the SRP. Fellas, what number are we on right now? Five nine? Christmas edition, and we're on four nine. Four nine. Four nine. Definitely not five nine. <laughs> not yeah. five nine. We're not even in the fifties yet. <laughs> episode forty-nine. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everyone listening. We have a special interview lined up for you all. We're sitting down with Ryan Strom, member of the New York Rangers. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that. But before we do, Rick's Gibber, what's happening, fellas? Not much, fellas. Loving that it's Christmas week. Uh, I think we find out today we're in Ontario here. We're going into a province-wide lockdown. So that's kind of a bummer before Christmas. But obviously, you know, got to do what you got to do. Get this uh, virus under control so we make sure we get in 70 rounds of golf this summer. Um, but yeah, no, so looking forward to taking a little bit of time off at Christmas, uh, shutting down the old laptop for a while, uh, get into some, uh, you know, coffee and Billy, some vino, a couple Guinnesses, but what are your thoughts? What, what kind of beer are you guys drinking over the holidays? Anything cold? Bone crusher. Big Guinness guy. Nice thick beer over the holidays, but Rex, what's going on, my man? How you doing? What's happening, everyone, and happy holidays. Uh, like Gibber mentioned, uh, it's unfortunate that we're going to be going into lockdown in Ontario, but I am going to try and hit the sim once before uh, before before that happens. Um, special interview today. It was, uh, it was really cool to talk to, uh, sit down and talk to, uh, talk to Ryan. Um, really good different outlook as far as the game of golf goes, and I think you guys will enjoy it. It's highly entertaining. Um, other than that, uh, the golfing world got treated to an early Christmas gift uh, watching the PNC Father-Son Challenge. What do you guys think about that? It was unbelievable. I, I think we we just migrated from a Tiger podcast to a Charlie podcast. Uh, I think the whole world, uh, it, it was trending everywhere and on any social media platform. Uh, you know, I, I loved every second of it. Um, what I was really, it was nice to see Tiger out there being a dad, like, you know, when Charlie hit that deadly rope hook around the corner on three to, you know, the tap in Eagle range. And then when he makes the putt, Tiger just comes, gives him a big hug. And just to see Tiger in that element of being a dad and out there having fun playing the game that both of them love. And clearly Charlie loves the game and is playing that game because he loves it. Um, and it's nice, Tiger, I don't think he's forced him into it. Uh, but boy, does that kid have a hell of a golf swing. It's crazy good in the similarities like the left pocket twirl um the, the early step when he makes one even i i found when, when they hit balls in the range they you know they hit finish the shot then they have that same step back to finish and watch it land it mm-hmm. and just it like father like son and like it's like molded obviously molded from the same cloth there that was maybe the coolest thing that's happened so far in 2020 sports wise for me being able to you know 2020 has been a rough year for a lot of people I feel like it's just fitting that you come to the end of the year. We get to watch Charlie. The thing that uh, he has an amazing swing. He's got a ton of game. But the thing that excites me the most is his love for the game. He obviously is out there and he's like really enjoying himself. And I think at uh, that age, it's super important. I think Tiger obviously is uh, doing the right thing with him to, to make him love the game and continue to do that. The coolest thing in golf I've seen so far this year, by far. I couldn't, couldn't agree. 
more. Like it, it was a pretty it was a pretty cool event as far as like uh the, I know at like one point they always try and make a thing of like showing the the father and sons uh, synchronized together and like even the whole field they were showing like uh Nick and Gary Price are showing like the Normans Devals like they all have like those mannerisms you build off your dad and I think that's like uh speaking for the majority of people here that's kind of initially how you get into the game mm-hmm. is playing with your playing with your kid you learn their habits and they're like it's just like a watching Charlie was like literally watching a mini me and um, good for Charlie. He conducted himself very well. A couple things that surprised me is obviously the swings great. And, uh, and he's got a lot of speed for an 11 year old. I was blown away with like even the leg putting early in the tournament. Um, When he hits his putts, they're right on line, great speed. Um, Usually you don't get that for someone that hasn't been like really thrown in the mix or in front of cameras. Um, the social distancing, wherever they're playing, might they might have to take a, a microscope at the galleries that Charlie was drawing in because he was like probably a, over a hundred people deep at one point. Um, but really cool to watch, and and you know what? I hope uh, I hope he can continue to play the game without um, all the hoopla all the time. It's cool that we might get this uh, every year, once a year, for um, a little Christmas gift for the golfers. But I like. I hope he gets away from the the camera and the media stuff as well. And just like Mm -hmm. grows up actually like playing golf. Uh, I wonder how many more years until Stanford's going to be knocking on the door if they haven't already. already He's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, And and you know what too? I think this is going to be with Charlie starting to play more and even kind of, we've seen him play a couple of those U S kids tournaments. Uh, I think this is also going to be really good for Tigers game um, because now I think that, you know, Tiger, he's he's generally, you know, he loves watching Charlie out there. and But I think inherently it's going to make Tiger play more. Charlie, you know, as much as, you know, Tiger says, oh, you know, I make sure my reps stay at a certain certain number. Charlie wants to go play. Charlie wants to play in the PNCs. Charlie wants to see his dad play in all these tournaments and win more. So I, I think we might see a bit more golf out of Tiger. Um, but uh, the, the thing that I love about the, the PNC too, and I didn't know this going in, is how they – uh, they manage the T, uh, the T, uh, the T's for all, all the various categories of players. Um, so like even, you know, so you look at the scoring, everything was pretty fair across the board. Uh, Cause I was, I was like, you know, how are they going to do this? They got Tiger and JT playing and Bubba Watson, but then you have Annika and you have Lee Trevino and Gary player, but they adjusted T's in the yards of the golf course. Perfect. Right. And so you look at like Trevino, like that guy has so much gain. Like, and it, it's outrageous. But and you look so they they moved his tees up uh, obviously uh, and it made everything fair and I, I had a lot of fun watching it but the coverage was garbage just garbage I disagree I don't think the coverage was garbage I think they did a no, pretty good job as far as the time window viewing yeah. schedule sucked I uh, couldn't agree more um, yeah. Uh, they, I also found it funny that VJ was playing like not on the back tees. He still carries it like probably 280 with the driver. And he's like one of the best players in the world, especially champions tour wise. He's playing a tee up from his son. Who's like not a professional. Is he a professional? I'm not sure. He has got tons of game too. It's good. I thought, yeah. I thought it was funny that VJ moved up a tee. Um, <laughs> and then another major, major storyline coming out of this week is uh, how about Gary Price's hair? Oh, you guys see that? I sent you the picture. It's like a mix between uh, Caleb Presley, the barstool guy, and Kyle Berkshire. If they had like a, yeah. a hybrid come together, I I didn't hate it. I you know what? It brings out different uh, things that we don't often see on the golf course. That guy's probably having the time of his life. Wasn't a golfer. He was like a surfer, and uh, he he started to play the game more because not because of his dad, but his friend started playing golf, and he's getting into it too. So like to me, that's like awesome. And that hair. 
is like, well, I hope he never cuts it. Every year I look forward yeah. to seeing his hair on the golf course. Well, even um, Mark O'Meara's kid. Yeah, like, Sean, like... Sean O'Meara had like the little <laughs> flutters going with like a pink hat and pink socks. I thought that was pretty funny too. Like growing up, your dad is a major champion. You're like you're like I just picture him in school when he's younger. Like everyone knows that Mark O'Meara is his dad, and he's just got this own unique style in the beard. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool too. And then. Um, We'll start with uh, little John Daly, who seems to be a staple in this event uh, all the time. I like they're not calling him not so little because obviously he's a little bit of a bigger kid. Uh, he's committed to Arkansas. He's going to be a Razorback. That's uh, yeah. it's cool to see that he's following his dad's footsteps. Uh, uh, John Daly talked about before that sound when uh, little John hits the ball. Um, he he can play. I like that he hits that like heavy ball and hopefully uh, hopefully has a good collegiate career. Yeah, and I, I think he was the the twenty fifth ranked recruit in all of America. If, if oh shit, like, he's that good. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the kid's yeah. a stud. Um, so he was very highly touted going to Arkansas, the old man's alma mater. So as long as he stays off of Big John's uh, diet there on uh, diet cokes and cigarettes, <laughs> I think he's got a nice bright future for him. What year do you think it's going to be when you see little John hack light up a cigarette on the court on the PNC father son challenge? Five years ago, a year, sophomore year. I want to see him really grow up, eh? The fall, the roost. <laughs> That'd be oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cameron Kucher can also play. Uh, they, they came out firing on Saturday. I think they were 50, uh, 1,458. Um, I don't care what anyone says; it's scramble, but two man scramble is no joke. Like, you still have to play really good golf and obviously putt extremely well. Uh, Cameron Kuchar was, like, kind of the the outside of Charlie Woods, of course, like, kind of the standout story to me. Um, tons of game, nice swing, and uh, and he had the he had the pill rolling on Saturday. So that was kind of cool to see. He's he's definitely cooler than his old man, too. Totally. Definitely cooler. He puts just like the old man with the shaft going up the forearm. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, I think Dad had the sketchers on him though. <laughs> well, I think Cameron Kucher can work on that look, but minus three points in the cool category. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, way better style than the old man for sure. And yeah, no, he he flat out striped it too. It was just really cool to watch. Uh, and then obviously, you know, you look at Sunday, JT and his old man were the hands down favorite going in. Yeah, um, sorry, we didn't even le- read the leaderboard. We should have, like, but that's okay. Yeah, but that, like the you know fifteen deep on Sunday, um, that, that was pretty pretty unreal. Um, and just Mikey Thomas, he's got some game too, um, and always has. And, and JT was saying his dad doesn't play all that much anymore since you know he went to to university and things like that. But I I just love seeing the family connections out there. And uh, one of the funnier quotes was. Uh, I want to say it was Gary Player had one of his grandsons out there, but a couple of the other ones are out there watching. He goes, yeah, I got 21 other grandkids. Uh, if this one doesn't work, I'll bring the other one next year. <laughs> he gets to pick and choose. But, like, talk about a nice event around the holiday season. I mean, like I already mentioned playing golf with dad or family members, but, like, even the Justin Thomas had his mom on the bag. Like, it was kind of a full family event. And, like, the fact that they got to play with uh, Tiger and Charlie on that, a day where Tiger and uh, Justin Thomas said like, Oh, it's like playing with my dad, playing with a best friend, playing with his son. And then uh, Mike Thomas has a relationship with Charlie as well. Like looking at a swing or having a second set of eyes um, kind of guide him in the right direction. I, I, uh, it was a cool event. I I really enjoyed watching it more so than I thought. Charlie Woods blew me away. Charlie Woods did. And uh, I don't know if you guys, I'm not a big Twitter guy, but uh, did you guys see Charlie Woods on Twitter? (laughs) 
So is that someone making that account for him? Someone made him an account. And these, let me just read a couple of these so you know, okay? Okay, learned about global warming in my science class the other day. Only reason I care is because I might be hot in my green jacket in a couple of years. (laughs) (laughs) This is awesome, okay? Keep going. Okay, glad I learned addition in my math class last week. That way I can count all these birdies I'm making with my dad. (laughs) People say my swing looks like Justin Thomas's swing, and I take that as an insult. <laughs> <laughs> only thing better than my only thing better than my swing, my club twirl. That's true. <laughs> How good are those? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm glad so, someone creative took that over. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I have a couple more Charlie Wood things. Uh, yeah, like I said, we're turning into a Charlie podcast now. But the best was um, was when Charlie would tee off first. And you stripe one and just look at the old man. Come on, you ain't going to hit it past that. <laughs> so he would do it so many times. Like I think they would... grossly underestimated how far an 11-year-old can hit it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, well, he, he hit it on that one that like, he almost drove, right? I think he hit like 11-year-old. He hit like 250 yards almost, 245. It's and uh, yeah, the club speed and, you know, he's carrying five woods, 205. Um, like the kid is unbelievable. Uh, but the other, we had a, a major uh, equipment uh, story coming out of the PNC, the TaylorMade P to 7 CWs. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> like, they, uh, I guess like a month ago, TaylorMade uh, drew up a prototype for Charlie. I think they're like the like the same thing as like the MCs, but they got like the prototype on there. And it, it's, it's really interesting to see like uh, just equipment wise, not getting too much into it, but, uh, but they, he's using graphite shafts, which is like uh, obviously that they're, they're tailored correctly. It's just like whoever is young listening to this podcast, or let's say you have a kid getting in the game, getting a fit initially for that equipment is like the number one priority. It doesn't have to be the most expensive set, but uh, uh, having the right tools so they can like develop those proper swing habits goes a long way. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more and I, I love it like you don't see you like one I know he's a spe- like obviously he's a different breed when it comes to this and you know him and his old man working at it but you don't see uh, the action like that like you know you look at a ton of kids the divots he makes like they're perfect you know five dollar bill divots like just awesome action and if, if you watch, like I, I looked at it uh, pretty closely, he was working it both ways. Uh, he, he could hit that draw pretty well on command, uh, which, you know, that's when his old man played the best when he had that draw going. But when he wanted to hit a cut, he choked up about an inch and a half, two inches, and just moved the ball back in the stance, and he would hit this cut out in the fair I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like an 11-year-old working the ball. Like this is this is unheard of. Uh, my, my cousin messaged me. He goes, he goes, if you played against Charlie right now, uh, how many shot, shots would you have to give him? I'm like, fuck that. Am I giving him shots? He's giving me two aside, guaranteed. Those same tees, he roasts me. <laughs> I have no chance. Only if you play a course that moves left to right consistently. <laughs> <laughs> the pink black old grip was pretty good style too. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. That oh, kid, yeah. that, that's another thing. That kid has style, and he like Tiger had style and swag growing up. This kid has it in abundance, maybe even mm-hmm. more than Tiger does. As long he's, as he doesn't inherit his old man's pants style with like, you know, size 42 waist that taper in and just look like he's wearing hockey pants. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Char- Charlie, he's got it going on. Totally. All right. That's, that's it for the T- PNC. That's it for the PNC. You want to move? Uh, let's, let's move into the interview. Why not? Uh, everyone, hope you enjoyed today's interview with Ryan Strom. Mr. Huff. 
Mr. Giner is ready for your interview. Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up. Dazzling, dilated, display a new sound. We on live on stage. Move it. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another interview here on the SRP. We have a, this is our Christmas episode, fellas. I'm just going to say that before I do anything else. Merry Christmas to everyone listening. Happy holidays. We have a very special guest, unique guest. He's a New York Ranger, Ryan Strom, last year, 59 points in 70 games. Not bad. But when he isn't throwing sauce on the ice, you'll find him throwing darts out on the golf course. Little known facts about Ryan. He nicknames his putter Rodeo, which in English means streaky. Some people are pizza or wine connoisseurs, not Ryan. He's a turn dog connoisseur. In fact, he won't tee it up at your golf course if you have a dog shit turn dog. And his favorite shot is a hard high draw, even though he's never hit one. Please welcome to the podcast, Ryan Eldenero Strom. Ryan, what's happening, man? What's up, guys? That's a that's a pretty accurate introduction. I'm I'm a little bit scared that you guys know all that about my golf game, to be honest with you. So let's talk about <laughs> that we get turn dog. What's going on the turn dog for you? Uh, I don't know. Like, I just feel like, uh, you know, getting uh, to play some better courses in the last few years, I, you know, always make the turn and we call them grease missiles, tube steaks, hot dogs, whatever you can find. And um, I, I guess the running joke is that I, I get hot dogs, but um, I think it's more of like an urban legend than me actually getting them. I try to stay pretty healthy because like the whole training and stuff, but uh I guess not a bad nickname. I mean, you could be called worse on the golf course and uh, be known for worse. If I'm known for the tube stakes at nine, I'll take it. <laughs> I like. I've never heard grease missile before. I'm gonna keep that one. Yeah, that that's that, that was like the. Uh, I'm a member of Credit Valley in Mississauga, and that's what we. Uh, that's what we were calling the missiles there for a few years. And that was the running joke for a while. Oh, that's oh, awesome. So, Call said it in the intro, and uh, and it is like around our Christmas time, and us for us Canadians, we'll get the hockey talk out of the way early. Uh, you were fortunate enough to be a part of two World Junior Championships teams, and that obviously begins on Boxing Day for Canadians. Maybe just talk about that experience, because uh, one, I don't think any of us have talked to a World Junior player, especially a guy that kind of a, 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 a really good, a prominent person on that team, and two, maybe talk about the pressure that the country puts on uh, those young uh, gentlemen that are about to hit the ice. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, looking back on it, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life. But when you're in the thick of it, like there's so much pressure, and um, unfortunately, I never, never won a gold. We uh, we came third and fourth, and both years we had like unbelievable teams. It's just, it's really hard to beat a team twice in that tournament. I, we kind of ran into that situation a few times where we beat the team in the round robin and then had to play them again. And um, yeah, like I said, honestly, like one of the coolest things, especially I got to play in Edmonton and Calgary, and. It was literally like those buildings where I had goosebumps, like sitting in the dressing room and my parents were there and uh, we were actually down six, one in Russia in the semis at actor two. And my dad was on TSN, like holding his head like this, just in like complete, <laughs> completely a nervous wreck. But uh, yeah, my brother played in it, lost in the gold medal game in a shootout too. And so my parents have seen a lot of world junior games. They went to Finland for that. So we, we've had uh, quite the run in with the world juniors, unfortunately never a gold, but uh you know, growing up as a Canadian kid, that's literally your dream. Other than playing the NHL, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So um, I always get excited for those kids. I mean, you see the enthusiasm. They fly on the ice 100 miles an hour. They're jumping in the glass. Yeah. They're trying to run through everybody. And that's just the emotion that you get from, you know, I mean, I even watched the commercial on TSN today, like the most wonderful time of the year. I was like getting a little excited, you know what I mean? So they do a good job. And it's uh, it's definitely for a hockey player, especially a junior player in Canada, one of the uh, one of the best experiences you can have for sure. 
Uh, be interesting this year because I mean, the first time I mean, most of us have seen it with no fans, which is like kind of makes the tournament, you know. 100%. So that'll be different. Yeah. Uh, some of those cities well, in Russia have trouble drawing some people too. Yeah. yeah. Well, with this year's tournament, did you hear? Uh, currently, there's a few teams stuck overseas right now. I think uh, Sweden, Slovakia, Czech, uh, the Czechs, and someone well, else are stuck. They can't get a flight to Canada. Say. Have the tournament over there? Yeah, they can't. Get, they can't get a flight to Canada. I guess the the plane they had too much cargo or something, and they had to get another charter in. So there's a couple teams stuck. I want to say in somewhere in Finland right now. So they haven't even touched down. Yeah, wow. it's a disaster. Like especially with like, I mean, the Canadian kids have been in camp for like a month. Like, oh no, this is like longer than a season. It feels like. I mean, just following a little bit on TSN or whatever. But I mean, I guess there's no other hockey for these kids right now, so it's a pretty good uh, – at least they get to stay in shape and, you know, be with yeah. some of the boys and whatever. Hopefully so, that hotel has a simulator. Yeah. Seriously, or a putting – yeah, putting mat or something. I'm hoping <laughs> that new house she bought has a simulator too. But uh, <laughs> what do you feel about the O going no contact? I think it's brutal. Like, I mean, I understand, like, this time of year and, like, everything going on is really difficult. Like, people are struggling. People are, you know – some people have died, unfortunately, and there's some bad stuff going on. But, I mean, if you're going to play, these kids are going to be living in billet homes. They're going to be traveling. They're going to be staying, like, wherever. I mean, I don't think being in contact with each other on the ice is really at the end all be all. I mean, there's got to be other things. But, I mean, that's probably above my pay grade. So, I mean, there's some kids that are probably going to love it. Get like I don't think anything's above your pay grade right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If I, was in, if I was in the O, I would love no hitting. I probably would have had 130 points. So I would have for that. I think you had 130 with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like my thought with everything, they're going no no body contact. What about when they line up for a face off? You got to stand six feet apart. And is the ref going to throw the puck in the other end or something? Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. I was uh, I, I said something on Twitter about it. I just made a little comment a few weeks back, and Darren Dreger and a few people started coming at me a little bit. I was just like, I'm just giving my two cents here, like Jesus. But uh, I don't know. I mean. It is what it is. I mean, like I said, it, it's a tough time for everybody. I don't think they have the capacity to do all the testing like the NHL might have. So they might have a little bit of a different protocol. But I, I honestly have a tough time seeing this season even get going. I mean, by the time the second wave finishes here, I mean, it's probably going to be February. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at just pushing the schedule back so much, which sucks for these kids. But I mean, that's just the state of the world we're in right now. Yeah. I will say this, like uh, the the rules, like uh, you you question like the no hitting thing. We uh, I'm fortunate enough to coach a junior team that's still playing right now, one of the only ones in Canada. We have to get dressed in four separate rooms, and then we yeah. cram 22 guys on a bench right across. <laughs> like it makes zero sense. So I just shake my head and just whatever. We're still rolling with it. Um, last hockey question for me. I don't know if these guys have anything, uh, but what's it like to lace them up and go on the ice at MSG in front of a home uh, home crowd? Because that's one of the venues you think about, like not even just hockey, but like North American sports, world sports. That's the venue that you probably want to play a home game at. Yeah. Funny enough, I uh, I got my first NHL point at MSG and, uh, and I used to hate wow. playing there on the road. I broke my wrist there one time and just felt like I just got shredded by the Rangers every time. And then, um, but like when you, when you're on the different side of it and you know, that crowd and their goal horn. And um, I mean, every single friend or family that I've had in town just says like the game's unbelievable, like watching it from the crowd and stuff. So um, we're pretty fortunate. I mean, to be in the middle of the best city in the world and just so many people and so many eyes is pretty special. And honestly, I've seen a couple concerts there. It's uh, it's even better than a hockey game, maybe. So it's, uh, it's quite the facility. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've been to MSG. Me and my wife went to New York uh, a few years ago now. But what about the Coliseum when you're in uh, in Long Island? Uh, yeah, which was, which is more electric? 
Yeah, that place is unreal. Like I played a game seven there against Washington in I think 2015 or something. And that was probably the loudest rink I've ever heard, including World Juniors. Like it's such an old barn. And um, I remember sitting in, I think it was game six. It was a must win at home. And we were sitting in the dressing room and like the, I thought the building was going to collapse. Like it was rocking. And um, I think actually Doc Emmerich, the famous announcer for NBC just retired. And he even said that that game, when I think Tavares scored in overtime, one of those home games was like the loudest building he's ever heard. And um, it was, it's just crazy. I mean, those fans are very blue collar and uh, they, they get outside the rink and they're allowed to tailgate there. They get pretty pissed up before the game They're for five, six hours and they go in there and just buckled. So uh, it's, quite, it's quite the experience. Yeah, a few more pops than MSG for sure. Keeper yeah, probably too. <laughs> no, let's get into the golf stuff, right? Yeah. Is Simo, you okay with that? Perfect. So, Ryan, how did you get into the game? Is your, did your old man uh, play, uh, and or was it just like kind of competition against your brothers, get away from the ice a little bit in the summer times? Yeah, my uh, my dad used to play as a kid a little bit, just you know, farting around or whatever. But then he never played just because you know mm-hmm. having three boys is just too hard and too expensive, and then. I actually never played golf. I'd go like once a summer with my aunt to the driving range or like whatever. And then um, when I got to like 16, 17, 18 in junior, I got drafted and would get invited to charity golf tournaments and stuff. And I was shit. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get going here. Like I can't, I can't show myself like this. Right. So I kind of <laughs> got, got the, uh, got the golf itch and um, I used CCM and Reebok in junior and they used to give free tailor made. Like uh, that was like our payment was like uh, product money. So I would just like buy all up the new golf equipment and just kind of got addicted from there. And nice. um, l- luckily enough, I never really had a real job. So, I mean, other than playing hockey, I've had so much free time, especially in the summer and got to go out and, you know, play a lot and play with buddies. And, um, you know, now that my brothers are kind of into the hockey thing too, we uh, kind of all on the same schedule. So there's never a lack of a golf partner and always guys to play with, which is kind of the hardest thing when you're younger. What's that? What's the state of your game right now? How do you feel about it? How'd you feel about the year? Uh, I had a really good year. Best golf year for sure for me. Um, it ended on a definitely a low note. I uh, I wasn't very good towards the end, but uh, my game goes up and down, but uh, it was a good summer. All in all, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at, but uh, the, the COVID stuff, I, I wasn't able to play as many uh, different courses this summer, which was kind of disappointing, but which is probably why my handicap was down a little bit playing the same course <laughs> like 40 times in a row. But, uh, but all in all, it's it's just so much fun to be outside. Like, for a hockey player, just to have so many eyes on you during the season and be stuck in buildings and hotels to be with the boys on the golf course and, uh, you know, be outside is literally the, the my favorite part of it. Yeah, get some space. Sure, are, are you, do you play men's night at Credit Valley? Uh, yeah, this year was like a little canceled and stuff, but uh, I played every other year. Yeah, we uh, it's fun. It's fun to look at the leaderboard. It's weird. You're kind of it's funny how you get excited about winning a few strokes and uh, closest to the pin challenges and stuff. It's a bit of an ego thing, but uh that's kind of the thing for me too. I feel like it really challenges me mentally and, um, you know, able for me to stay competitive doing something completely different than hockey and definitely challenges my mental uh, capacity on the golf course. And, you know, really, you know, there's so many skills about golf and I think just that calmness and stuff really translates to the hockey side. Awesome. And what are some of the notable notable courses you've played maybe in Southern Ontario or something like that? Because these two guys, uh, our other two hosts are from the area and we've played a lot of golf around the area. So maybe we've played some courses together. Which ones are your favorites? Um, For me, I would say my favorites are uh, uh, Coppinwood for sure. Really sick course. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably really underrated just because where it is. But uh, I would say Coppinwood and um, I played Goodwood. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's kind of like a private thingy. And I got out there one time. That was disgusting. They're like, nobody out there and we're really privileged in southern ontario it's a little expensive some of the some of the tracks but even like devil's pulpit paintbrush i got some buddies that are members there so 
uh, St. G's, obviously. So there's some great courses, Hamilton. I mean, pretty lucky to have uh, a lot of good contacts. And the pro at Credit Valley is great. He'll, you know, hit up the pro and get you on wherever pretty much. So um, I try to get out as much as I can, a little harder with the baby now. But, um, you know, it's fun to mix it up. There's so many good courses that are pretty underrated for, you know, what people might think living out of the area. Couldn't agree more. Southern Ontario is a gem. Uh, we got to get you down more Niagara way. There's some really good tracks down here. I don't know if uh, well, he's had to replace some of them. I guess it's yeah. late though. He said, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, played, I think like I've played a few of them. I like played a couple of the private ones. And I think like grand Niagara, a few of those yeah. ones, like, I don't yeah. know what the exact names of them. And then, um, but when I was younger, we weren't really into it that much. Right. Cause we were just there for hockey season. So, but Niagara, like if you live there, it's kind of a gem too. Like, cause they built all these courses and they don't have a ton of activity on them. And, they're pretty reasonably priced if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're like half the price of what courses are in like the yeah. Mississauga, Toronto, <laughs> Oakville area. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You have to keep your eye on those ice dog alumni golf tournaments and like sign up for them when <laughs> throw your name in the hat when they, yeah, uh, I, they do come I, went, I went to a few of them, but I haven't got the invite in a few years, so I don't know what happened. Maybe uh, <laughs> they play well enough. Yeah. <laughs> they get Mitch instead. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was in my foursome, but uh he's he's too hit or miss on the golf course, too hot and cold for a foursome guy. Well <laughs> he, he's great he's striping it. I don't know. He, uh, he's, he's an interesting golfer. Like when I listened to him, I was with my brother driving. We were just killing ourselves laughing at what he was saying. Like he's the only guy I know that could shoot like around 85, 88 and like lose like 12 balls. Like it's ridiculous. (laughs) Just shank two in a row and then you'll stick one like two feet. Like it doesn't make any sense. If he could, if he could put it together, he'd be a, he'd be a great golfer, but he's like, he could like, I I sent the Hosel shank question in, but he could go, or hosel squeeze. He can go left, right, straight. You never know with him. So, so, so speaking of Mitch, uh, I'm, I know you watched. I'm sure you watched the Players Championship, and you could see all the caddies hit it on 17. There, what are the odds Mitch gets it more than 50 yards into the water or hits the green? Honestly, knowing him, he's like the kind of guy that like I would never put it past him to like win the lottery, get a hole in one. Like he's just one of those guys. So if he was at the Players with Pendy, I honestly. If there's a website taking a bet, I'm putting some money on them for sure. That's awesome. Some would say counting for Penny. A three course a few times, actually, if I'm not mistaken. But oh so, yeah, I mean, he's he's the kind of guy that would just like stick a wedge and just like brush it off like nothing happened. And I was gonna say, some would say uh, caddying for Penny in the next couple of years might be like winning the lottery with that guy's game. So yeah. we're gonna have our eyes on uh, Penny for sure, yeah. uh, and Mitch, of course. Uh, you t- you mentioned your brothers. You got Dylan and then Matthew, who uh, who also was an OHL alumni, a part of the Philadelphia Flyers system. You guys started golfing late, but how competitive does it get on the golf course with your brothers? There's been a few uh, a few really big dust ups. Uh, <laughs> They're both bigger than you, though, which surprised me. You're younger. Yeah, so I don't know. The competitive juices just, uh, just seem to take over. I feel like, especially if there's a little bit of cash on the line or a little bit of pride, I think uh, it's just such a frustrating sport, and there's no one to take it out on except the other guys. And um, <laughs> in hockey you're able to go out there and you know break a stick or you know go hit someone or you know take your anger out but in golf it's just just you and a ball that doesn't move and it's just the most frustrating thing so um we definitely are really competitive but uh the good thing is i think by 18 we're able to brush off pretty quickly we don't let it linger and um it's all in good spirit just trying to make each other better and have some fun and push each other's buttons if you were to rank best to worst yeah who you put in one two three um, I'm definitely one. Um, oh, I love it. Put them to the confidence. Confidence. Two and three depends on the day. I feel like 
I feel like if they both played an equal round amount uh, rounds in the summer, it would be pretty even, but Dilts tends to play more. He's got a little bit extra cash in the bank and has a little more spare time. So uh, Matt, Matt's kind of all, he was living in the U S a little bit, so he wasn't around as much, but uh, he's uh he's good too. He just doesn't play as much. Right. But um, it's uh it's super competitive for sure. It's uh I feel like anytime you get the three Strom brothers and a, and a fourth in the force, I mean, you're expecting some fireworks of some sort. <laughs> they, they go there for the fireworks, not the golf. For sure. So are you uh, still making uh, Matthew pick up the guest fee when he comes out and play or what? No, no. He's a member too. He got, he's a member. Yeah. We got it all locked in. They have such good rates at Credit Valley. So uh, it was honestly a no brainer. My dad's a member too, which is awesome. We get to, nice. it's really good quality time. Like, now, I mean, I hang out with my dad more than ever just because golfing, right? He's probably, he probably played like more than all of us. He's a, uh, he says he's not addicted to it, but he's the most addicted to anyone. So what, what does he struggle with the most on the course? If you were to take a shot at his game right now, uh, he, he can't hit a, he can't hit a wedge under a 50 degree wedge. He thinks that he blades them and skulls them, but it's really just a confidence thing. So he bunts it around with a 50 degree gap wedge, even from anything wow. short sided, whatever. So he's bump and run and, he actually does a pretty good job with what he with what he has, but uh, he's got to learn that you know on those short tough chips that he's got to get under it a little bit. But uh, he doesn't yeah. like to really listen to me. He thinks I he thinks I'm when I'm playing good, I try to give all the tips out, and he doesn't really think I'm using my ego. So I, I say he's got to be pretty pretty it's creative like if he's using a fifty degree wedge from anything under fifty yards. Yeah, no, no, even more. Like he probably uses like seventy five. He like he's got his own numbers in his head, and you can never never change it. So he's just using all his hands and. It's pretty impressive what he does, to be honest with you. He uh, he bunts it around a little bit, but uh, you know he's getting a lot better for sure. Nice. Oh, it's it's a tough sort to pick up late. That's what's like kind of surprised me. Like you get lucky, you guys are all athletes, but picking up the game at like eighteen more seriously, uh, I, I don't know if any of us could have done that. We're fortunate enough to play it a little bit younger, but that's good to hear. Good for him. I, I yeah. keep working in those fifty degrees. I've I've seen guys use pitching wedges from like a hundred yards and like hit that like yeah. low spin, low yeah. spin kind of knuckler. Yeah, as long as there's no front pins or limited front pins, you're laughing. Yeah, I agree. So going uh, 2v2, are you and your old man taking on the two brothers or what? Yeah, we'd probably beat him just because he's uh, he's like Mr. Consistent. Like he'll have a few blow up holes, but with this handicap, he'll be able to make a birdie or a few pars or whatever. Um, he's he's a good he's a really good partner with this handicap. He uh, he notoriously wins a lot of events at Credit Valley. So I'm oh. he's that guy, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, you want to be a That's hilarious. You don't you don't want to be associated with that all the time if he's winning too much, but that's okay. As long yeah. as you're not winning too much, too. Um uh my last thing about like uh, uh just as far as like watching golf, uh oh let's maybe let's I'm gonna assume that maybe you're a Tiger Woods fan. Who else do you cheer for to win a like a standard PGA tour event or a major championship? Well obviously Pendy. Pendy's my number one guy. <laughs> yeah. I think uh it was pretty cool like just watching him, my dad, uh like even my whole family, like they're they're following all the tours and stuff just because you know Mitch is one of my best buddies and and all that. And we're just you know really happy to know somebody and such a good guy and all that. But uh in terms of the PGA, I'm a little bit picky with who I like. I like Rory, I like DJ, but other than that, I, I like to nitpick guys a little bit. I, I don't like speed too much. I don't like guys that kind of whine and complain a little bit. So, um, thank I'm, you. I don't know. I I, lo- I love Tiger. I'm to a fault probably. I cheer for him and bet on him probably way too much than he's capable of at this age. But uh, you know what? It's uh, it's it's just so fun to watch. You know the golfer, and I think I think it's great that there's so many young guys that are competitive. I think there's some good personalities right now. I think. Uh, you know, I think the the growth of golf from Barstool and all these podcasts like you guys and, and Instagram, I think it's really 
you know, a bit of a positive spin on golf where it's not as serious and not as, uh, you know, uppity up. It's a game for everybody. And I think that the young players reflect that a lot. So. Yeah. Kevin Kisner does a pretty good job of like on the golf course being loose out there. I'm trying to think Eddie Pepperell, um, uh, Tyrrell, Tyrrell Hatton, Watson. Oh yeah. Bubba's good on the course. You hate, you have biases towards players. You can't throw your biases on you. Bubba's the anti-cool of the PGA tour. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, he calls a speech fan too. So like, it just tells you all you You need to hate on speed. You you know who really bugs me? I watched that, uh, that Matt Wolf thing a couple weeks ago and he just wouldn't stop talking on that. Like the the match or whatever they did. I was like, I agree. He was trying too hard. He was trying really hard on that. And I think because he's playing with three premier players, right? Between DJ, Ricky, uh, and Roars. And I think he was really trying hard to get his voice on camera there. And it could have been, I I thought maybe his agent was telling him to, you know, be hitting the mic pretty hard uh, just to get his name out there. But yeah, I I was hard to watch. I definitely, uh, I definitely ramble a little bit and run my mouth if you got to know me, but. I feel like uh, even for me to say he was talking a lot was uh, really says something. He's trying to make we up. We haven't for played with Gibber yeah. yet, so he'll wait. <laughs> yeah, wait till next summer. We'll get you down to Cherry Hill. Yeah. I'll talk your ear out. Would love to. The highlight of the match for me is that DJ came in with the absolute worst form we've ever seen from a professional golfer of all time, and like he just hasn't picked up a club since like whatever break. And then he like obviously he's a bonafide number one player in the world. He just didn't care to gear up for that match at all. Was that was that when he was marking his ball with his tee and stuff? <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's unbelievable. The best part of that match for me, though, was when DJ hit the drive off. It might have been like 16 or 17. And he just proceeds to walk straight forward. He's like, oh, fuck, I forgot my clubs. <laughs> yeah, he's carrying his bag. <laughs> what I was thinking about, obviously, you know, you watch a lot of golf. So in uh, 20 seconds or under, what's your opinion on Patrick Reed? Oh, I can't stand him. Um, I, I saw that interview with the family thing, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, no matter how bad or it may have been, like, I don't know how you could ever do that to your own family. But maybe I'm... That's not fair of me to say, but like, I don't know, just what I've heard. I just, I, I, I can't be a fan. And the whole like bunker thing where he, I saw the memes with the shovel. That was like unbelievable. So I, that's my opinion. And, and he's does the whole USA thing. It's like, okay, we get it. But I don't know. That's just me. Who's he's doubled the, uh, down a few times. It's easy to pile it on him, but yeah. yeah. Until you know the guy though, I feel like it's tough to judge. I mean, who knows what's going on behind closed doors, right? Yeah. So true. Who's the uh, Patrick Reed of the NHL? Oh, oh man, there's there's a few, but I, I <laughs> go at them. This is your if chance. I'm in, if I'm in retirement, I have no problem saying that. But, yeah, uh, we'll I wait. Guess, yeah. so. We'll get you back on for that. It's gonna be a lot of years. He's on the trending 15, up. So. 15, 20 years from now. Yeah, yeah that's all right. We'll be old man. I don't know. Though. It's the way the game's going. It's uh, it's a young guy league now. Yeah, it is getting like at one point in the playoffs, someone said like the me the the mean age of like the teams left was like twenty five and a half. I'm like, what? That's, that's that doesn't make sense to me. Like that's unheard of. I just had my grease missile on. on I'm, I make I made the turn. I'm twenty seven, <laughs> but still no, trending you're, up. You're feeling good after it though, you know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cole, do you want to get into what's your handicap? We don't. Yeah, have to Ryan, we're gonna it. jump right in. We don't have to explain it. Fire it up. What is your handicap? All right, Ryan. Welcome to What's Your Handicap. You know the uh, you know the drill here. We're gonna go round table. We're actually gonna do two each today. 
Then we're going to put you on the spot at the end. Uh, Gibber, lead her off, buddy. All right. So this is a pet peeve of mine. So you're, you're out with the boys. You know, you grow up a bunch of hockey players. I'm sure this happens to you. But you get out there. You're riding. You take off. Your buddy undid the strap on the bag and all your clubs falling off the back. What's his handicap? Like probably like a 12 to 15, like thinks he's good, but he's not great. That's, I mean, he's that guy that like is still using the classic golf joke, but has a little bit of confidence. (laughs) All right. I dig that. You know what? I'm I'm guilty. I will still laugh at that. Like I, I don't like when it happens to my clubs, but I don't cart, so I don't also have them fall on the pavement. But I will definitely laugh after like the putting green. Like someone's like some guys just even that their higher handicaps get super fired up to get out. They're super excited. They go to take off. And they just, <laughs> I love that. You just, you just can almost hear the dollar signs when the clubs. Hit. Oh, yeah. that hurts. Well, Good on the uphill on the cart path. My buddies do this all the time, and I like I say to them, I'm like, listen, next time we play hockey, and you get a fresh skate sharpen. I'm gonna take your skates. I'm grinding them right on the pavement, bud. It's same thing, kind of same. It's your tools, oh, right? Yeah. But like maybe that guy's leaving ices in the sandboxes, like from the par threes. I think that's a pretty good move, and that's like the same player. So. I get a little bit of respect. So you got to keep it fun on the golf course. Maybe not damage mm-hmm. the problem. Okay, mine, uh, mine, my first one's your handicap is they drop to one knee in the follow-through on a golf swing. Oh, that's a tough one because, like, it's be that's a, a pretty talented uh, – that's a talented move. But at the same time, I don't know if the technique is there. It's it screams shank or push. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd probably say, like, a 20 handicap. Like, I I don't know. It would be pretty tough to see a good golfer get down one unless there's an injury, like – like Tiger or something, you know, <laughs> knee, but uh, I can't see a good player getting down on one knee at any time in a golf game for a good reason. His, his third round tee shot in 18 at Torrey Pines to win the U.S. Open. That's what the guy's handicap. <laughs> Have <laughs> you golf. seen that, Ricks? Oh, I just got oh, it from that Sandbagger Invitational thing. Oh, nice. uh, that okay. told us. Yeah, he just, Who did that? Uh, Paul, like Bisnet. Oh, Bisnet. Like when he's watching his shot, I I try. I tried to reach for something there. It wasn't there, but that's okay. Yeah, no, he's he's probably about a twenty handicap. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's yeah. I put fourteen plus. So. Not great. Does like a good golfer is not getting down on one knee. So. No, but you still got to no. watch your ball in the air if you're doing that. You're not going to like top it and like look at it from underneath. So that was a loaded one. That was all right. Uh, third one here. Uh, this guy, you could take over a peek on the range. He's got dress pants on and running shoes. Like I, I again, I would say he can't be good because like if you're a good golfer and you're hitting the range, you're definitely appropriately packing your bag if you're leaving from the office or something like that is what I think. So I'm gonna say like probably like even even lower than a twenty. Like I'm gonna say like a twenty five handicap that like thinks he's dressing appropriately for his time at the range, but just can't put it together. Has no golf pants. It's a little cold, so he's got to rock the nice dress pants out there. Just got to Lulu ABCs or something, man. There you go. <laughs> it, it's so easy. Or, or wear shorts and toss a pair of rain pants over top of them. Yeah, pull the Theo. Wear the, yeah. wear the hat and the, and the shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the shorts. <laughs> what, uh, what teammate have you had that's been like the absolute worst dresser on a golf course? Like just doesn't quite get it. Ooh, there's some bad ones. I feel like just like guys that just wear like a running shoe and like a and a, and a t-shirt. You're just like, man, like just like make yourself look presentable. Like I, I don't know. There's, I feel like the European guys are the worst because they hate golf. Like some of the Russian guys, like they show up in like jeans and they just like take five shots and then they just rip the cart around and then go home. We've had a few like shots of tequila or shots. They have no interest in golf at all. Yeah. And they're showing up in like a thousand dollar pair of jeans, all ripped. Good and- jeans, right, yeah, hundred percent. 
<laughs> oh, that's all good. Right, all, right, all right, my next one. I call this guy Mr. Mood Swing, and it happens to be a lot of my buddies that are hockey players as well. Uh, so, you know, first hole makes a birdie. He's pumped. He's telling everyone, oh, I'm going to shoot 59 today. He's ready to go. Number two, he snap hooks one off the tee. Game over. Take take me to the car. I'm not fucking playing. I'm not fucking playing. <laughs> I would say like a five because that's kind of what I am, and I probably have said that a thousand times. So <laughs> I, I draw very close comparisons of that. It's very easily for one shot to throw me or any hockey guy I know off for a handful of holes, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I give it that's a good one because I have a buddy that's like a really good player. I played with him since growing up or whatever. There's like one hole in Thunder Bay. The first hole is a par three. If he misses the green, he's like, "Why the fuck do I even bother coming, man?" <laughs> the first show we've been looking forward to the round for two weeks. He's like sick of it. Oh, that one's good. Um, this one, uh, and I hate to recycle the hockey player thing, but this is uh, definitely a repeat offender for that. Is uses a ten finger grip, but there's a little bit of space between their hands. Oh, ugly, ugly, not good. Yeah. Not good. I, like, again, like 20 plus, like no, no good golfer that's spent some time on YouTube or Instagram or um, been to the range is, is hitting a ball like that. So I, like 20 plus easy. Yeah. I will we have say a trend of high ones today. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough look. I guess you guys are assuming all the hockey guys that play with our dog shit on the golf course with these questions. Though. No, absolutely not. No, no, we have no. some, uh, we have some hockey players we know are absolute sticks. Yeah, and we don't discuss these previously, so we don't know which way we're going with them. But, uh, <laughs> Paul, you said your brother uses a separated grip, 10-finger grip. Yeah, it's a slight separation. Like, he, he doesn't have big hands, but there's no grip, really, when you're, when you're taking a peek at it. You don't, you can't really see the color of it. He's a good good player. Yeah, yeah. okay. I can't it's argue. Tough. Probably could kick my ass. It's tough, though. Um, all right, Rick, you up or me? No, I just did mind the grip okay. on there. Okay, uh, this guy opens up his trunk you're in the parking lot for the round on the golf clubs he still has the rain cover but this thing is like fully strapped and clipped on zipped up full rain cover on the clubs it's tough to say because like it's either just like a a weird play by a new golfer or it's just a veteran play by a guy that loves his clubs loves his car so i mean um it's it's a toss-up but i feel like if uh if you got the rain cover on like you had to go out of your way to buy that or, you know, get it. So you, you might be a decent shape or maybe there's some traveling in your life. So um, we'll call it like a 10. This goes to show you have never played in the rain before. <laughs> <laughs> Me, no, I'm, not, I'm a fair weather golfer. Right. I Check played in the rain. pocket on your golf bag. You also <laughs> have a rain cover. There you go. I don't, I, I've never, never checked. I've <laughs> never once put one of those on ever. And we played in some uh, hurricane weather. I, I don't, I don't care how, how bad it is like just use a white towel and if it gets wet they just keep grinding through yeah. that little it's rain more cover difficult when you got the rain cover on because you gotta like zip it up zip it down you're like searching in your clay it's brutal anyway. I, it I'm, is. Not a, I'm not a rain guy though i just like i i love golf more than anybody like i i could play every day twice a day i just in the rain i just can't enjoy it like i'm not not comfortable one bad shot i'm like fuck it bat, the rain my grip i can't do it i'm out yeah. it is not golf in the rain is not fun because no. any any mistake you make is three times as bad just because you're pissed off, you're grumpy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a fair weather golfer. Although and, I, did, I can say I went to Bandon Dunes on a, on a bachelor party. Oh, and, nice. And we had caddies and it was a little bit rainy and stuff like that. And when you have the caddy carrying your bag, that completely changes things, though. And, mm-hmm. you're, like, and you're in Bandon Dunes. So I, I can make an exception for the rain for sure, though. 
Can you we quickly may, just uh, <laughs> skim over that trip? Because <laughs> uh, that's something that's on my bucket list for sure as a as a golf fan and as a golf golfer. Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys got to go. You got to go with a group of guys that are just pure golfers because it's it's pretty pricey and there's not really much else to do. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it was actually uh, for Tavares's bachelor party. So we, oh, yeah, uh, just a buddy. You tried to yeah. like, <laughs> the rug there. <laughs> we, had, we had a really good group of guys, a bunch of really good golfers. There's a few hockey guys we know that are really, really good. So uh, that was fun. And man, that place is unbelievable. We played probably like six or seven rounds in like four days, maybe played the par three course a few times. We just, you know, just drink beers all day and the caddy carries the bag and you played 36 a day, no carts. It's, uh, it's honestly like golfer's paradise. It's, uh, you're just kind of grinding through it. You've never played that much golf in a short amount of time and you just love every second of it if you're a golf fan. So it's, uh, it's a 100% must do, no questions asked. What's a, what's Johnny T's game like? Um, it's gone downhill a little bit with uh, with a kid and moving to Toronto. I don't think he's got to play as much this year with the COVID stuff, but he used to be like a he, – he's below a 10 on a good day. He, oh, he, he, he's not bad. He gets it around. He he definitely uh, definitely has some bad shots, but he could definitely uh, stick a few. He's a, he's one of the best putters ever. He like – He'll like he'll like just whack it around to the green, then you'll make a forty footer for bogey. I'm just like, that's not even fair. Like, he just like lines up a putt like he's playing Sunday at Augusta and just drills them like dead center of the cup every time. It's pretty impressive. I would have pictured Johnny T to be just a fairway guy. Just 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 simple down the middle. No. But, so he's a water guy. I like that. No. He's a scrambler, but he can uh he can he can putt like no one I've ever seen. Well, not ever seen, but amateurs. Yeah. yeah. And uh quickly about Ben and the last question about that is uh the, the the par three, uh you hear about it every time, like at the end of the day, like if you're done playing your golf, you could just scoot on over there and, and play it. What's it like and who uh who shot the best score maybe? Um Cal Clutterbuck probably shot the best. He's the best golfer I've ever yeah, seen like, out of uh like he's ridiculous. He's like plus two or three. He's really good. And um, yeah, it's sick. You like go there, they give you little Sunday bags. You take like an eight iron up and you just like, we played in like two groups of nine and like get a huge came down. Like there's like 13 holes came down to the last hole. And I ended up sailing mine long in front of like 10, 15 guys. But uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, I feel like when you just, you're hitting driver all day, you're getting frustrated. Then you just go just pin seek for like 13, 14 holes with the boys and uh, big groups. There's not many rules out there. There's, there's hardly anybody out there. And it's uh, it, it's awesome, man. Like it, that was honestly probably maybe the most fun than all the courses. Oh, Love it, man. That's awesome. I right, but, second part of the what's your handicap? You got to oh. come up with one for us. So something. Okay, I actually got two because I uh, Penny, I had had a few lined up. So <laughs> I got two ready to go. So the first one, I actually did my uh, bachelor party in San Diego. So we played Tory Pines, which is pretty sick. Yep. And uh, a guy that we were playing with shot his career best round. But on the par three, 175 yards, he laid up over over a huge thing. What's the handicap? What, what is, is that on the south course or the north course? The Tory Pines. We played uh, play the north course because the south course had like four holes under construction or something gotcha. like that. So we didn't want to, you know, a pretty steep place too. So lay it up. I'll take this one first. Okay, Cole's played Tory, so he might know the hole. <laughs> so, so this I've is tough. south course twice. Didn't play them. Oh, okay. So. We're, we're just going to forget for a while that Lee Trevino did that all four days of the Canadian Open at Cherry Hill en route to a victory in 1972. So we're going to forget about that. We're laying up on a par three, it's his best, uh, you said his best score ever? Yeah, at Torrey Pines too, which we, we, we were, he was happy. We, so we, my, it, it, my guess, that's the score too. My guess is he shot 89. 
Okay. So he got he broke 90. So I'm saying this guy is a 22 cap, 23 maybe, but it was the first time he ever broke 90, and he had to make sure he didn't cash it in the hazards. So he hit the wedge out there to stay safe and brought her back on, made his four, went to the next hole. Okay, Colin, I'm going to quickly run through this. I'm going to say this guy broke 80 for the first time in his life, 79, because in order to lay up, you like you actually need to be making decisions on the golf course. He's like a 14, 15 handicap shot in the 70s for the first time. Oh, 70s is, uh, I was thinking That's like, but... I think he like broke his record by maybe a bunch that day. And he wasn't feeling that shot to lay up on our runner. You, okay. you got to not be feeling that. <laughs> like, on the north course, there's not like a 240 yard par no. three. So like my mind's turning. 175. Yeah. How long was it? Sorry, how long was the hole? It was 176 or something like that. Uh, Mitch actually sent me the yardage book yesterday when we were going over things. So. <laughs> oh, okay. What, Tell what, me what, it was Mitch. Yeah, that's got to be a mid-80s for me because I think 176 of a guy's breaking 80, he's swinging it good enough to like go for that yeah. green. Yeah, there's no chance I'm right, but that's okay. <laughs> he's, uh, so unfortunately, the guy's a 30-plus handicap. <laughs> and he shot 102, which is his career goal. <laughs> <laughs> beat a handful of the boys that we had a two of my buddies were playing a hundred dollar cash game they built this up for like a year who's gonna win stroke play and he beat them both and he is hands down the worst golfer so it was sniffing like a, to break a hundred was it close to break a hundred um I, I don't think he knew he it was definitely on the verge he must have been yeah. close but uh, but then we made him hit another one and he stuck it to like 15 feet 20 feet oh and he's kicking himself he could have shot. He probably could have shot under a hundred then. Yeah. It was a tough look for sure, but <laughs> great, great day nonetheless. <laughs> you can't have tough looks when you uh, you shoot your personal best ever. You know what yeah. I mean? We can't yeah. judge that. But yeah. uh, okay, uh, number two for us. Okay, number two is uh, I have a very close acquaintance of mine who uh, had a sixty-five degree wedge in their bag that they bought off the Golf Channel, and he used it for a while, then actually gave it to another guy who liked it even more, but. The guy who purchased it, what's this handicap? Okay, I have a rule that if you don't see something on the PGA Tour and it's not working for the best players in the world, it's not going to work for you. So that equates to every golf infomercial there is. Um, and I think about like the chipper or the chipper putter or whatever it is. Like I think about yeah, like the CDI strike. wedge, uh, the square strike. Thank you. Um, I Yeah, I mean, this is, I would go right back to the well on like the 28 to 30 handicap. It's got to be way up there. All right. Or has the uh, yips. Ooh, so so my the key to me here is sixty-five degrees. So it's very uncommon. So that means it's it's a finicky thing. Sixty-four, I can see it. Maybe this guy's a player, right? You know, Simo had a sixty-four degree wedge in the bag before. Well, uh fucking sucked with it, though he chunked it every time. Just kidding. Um but uh, I'm gonna go with this the sixty-five degree. I'm going to say this guy is a bogey golfer. Like Rick said, saw it on the golf channel, thought it helped the game. Might chili dip it a couple of times, needed a way to get out of the trap, and he thought the 65 was going to help. I'm going to go bogey golfer, 18. I think when you buy a gimmicky club like that, you're searching. Like it's always like it's a search, you know, like it's not good around the greens. And he's like, maybe the 65 will help. Guarantee he didn't because that thing you have to hit so hard in order to go a certain distance. And he uh, gave it away. 
Yeah, oh, what's the and, worst? Yeah, and he gave it away, so I'm assuming worse, after buying like it originally, rounds. or the guy that bought it off him, or gave. No, no, the guy that bought it originally. I'm just, I just, yeah, I just don't know what you. I don't know what's I worse. I think buying it originally is worse than buying a hand me down. You know, like that's just you gotta like call in on like the the phone number like one eight eight eight. Like I want to buy the sixty five. Uh, you get two actually if you order quick enough. Yeah, he wants <laughs> to be good though. I'm going to yeah. say he's a 14. Okay, well, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's a little better than a bogey golfer. Could be. All right. Well, the guy, the guy is my brother, actually. <laughs> oh, which one? Which one? <laughs> uh, Dylan. Oh, uh, no. He, he, well, he calls – I think he sent in a question calling me a scrapper or whatever, but he's the real scrapper. He's a sub-10, but he's like, like an 8-ish. And he he actually was absolutely in money with this thing, like 60 yards in, like throwing oh. it higher than you could imagine. But, I mean, it ran its course. He gave it away. But – uh yeah, that was what, what kind was it? Was it like a Wilson Staff harmonized wedge or some shit? I have to try to get the name of it, but uh, he legitimately ordered it and he was proud of it and he used it and he told everyone about it and it was great. I kind of like that it's a success story. Like it that's were, my it, favorite part of it. You know what's funny? I I watched one of those two with Biz and Wit. <laughs> you, you know what's, who else has something weird like this? This in the bag is Sid. Like if you watch oh, that, yeah, I've heard the story Hager, before, yeah, but that one with like the crystallized face, the and just, yeah, that just auto spin. <laughs> I don't think there's such thing. Like you still have to hit the ball in the middle of the face for to yeah. spin it. So uh, that story's got some question marks behind it. But uh, th- those are awesome. Thanks, <laughs> sorry, for, sorry, Dylan, for ripping you apart there for a little bit. I don't think you're a thirty. Uh, let's get into the quick nine. So our nine quick holes. Simo uh, will ask the first three. Gibber will ask the next three, and then I'll uh, I'll close her up seven, eight, nine. All right, perfect. Simo? All right, uh, Ryan, hole number one here. You wouldn't know it, but when you look at Curry, Curry was a junior B goalie back in the day. Oh, Threw on the pads. So you got five breakaways against Curry uh-huh. right now in his groins. How many are you putting past him? <laughs> How old are you right now? I'm born in 90. He's 30. Okay, uh, he just turned 30. He turned 30 like three days ago. When's the last time you strapped him up? Uh, twice yesterday and once this morning. Oh. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on the ice. I'm active. I would say uh, I would say I could get three three and a half would be the good over under. I think you know it's easy to miss, but uh, I think like breakaways are a little harder than you think for the shooter. I find. Oh no, I I know for sure that we have the advantage, but I I I thank you for only saying three and a half. Yeah, I, <laughs> I say you just go the first one, just take a clap bomb right at his head, and then just work from there. Sure. I'm, not, I'm not scared of the puck, Timo. I can hang in there. Oh, you're 30 I'm now. Moves I can guarantee are going in, but the other two just depends if I hit them. Oh, hey, come on. Okay, we'll have to see what that. He's trying to get fancy oh. with your extra. You go five. No, I know. That's good. All right. He's got, yeah. he, he, I, he would hurt me right now, I think. My hips aren't, aren't meant for that anymore. <laughs> Love it. All right, uh, hole two. What kind of music do you listen to out on the golf course? Um, Big like, country classic rock guy. I feel like if you, you got to have good vibe music on, especially like some feel-good stuff, usually playing with like my brothers who are kind of country or like guys like Theo and my buddies Mitch and um, and then my dad was like a classic rock guy. So I feel like those are, you know, the genres that are feel good for most golfers. I, uh, I actually found a few golf Spotify playlists that aren't too bad, but, uh, yeah, no, no, no rap, no channel on the golf course. I keep it pretty chill. Yeah. No Next EDM. summer, Spotify playlists at a nineties frat barbecue. One of the, the top 10 golf playlists you can, you can go with. I like that. I've been looking for something like that. <laughs> That's good. And, and you seem like you want to be in control of the music. I like to, I have the little uh, speaker thing going usually. And then if I start playing like shit, I turn it off, but it's going on when I'm playing good. Love it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, third three. question, hole three here. What's your uh, thoughts on COVID pins? 
And when they allow you to take pins out when you're putting, will you leave the pin in still? Or are you going to take it out? Uh, we started taking them out at the end of the summer, just when we were playing like big matches and stuff. And um, at some courses you're allowed to, and man, just to see the pin with no, like to see the hole with no pin in it was like the nicest looking feeling ever. And um, I'm definitely, I think like, you know, within reason, but if it's a big putt, I like to take it out. I mean, it's uh, it's nice to hear it drop and hear it go in and hit the bottom of the cup. Nothing better. Yeah, the sound is something I I don't want to get robbed. I, of. I do miss that sound. What I don't miss is raking bunkers. I'll tell you what, that has been a godsend. <laughs> I like the free drops in the bunker, so I, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, perfect lies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, my my uh, go here. Uh, we got uh, hole three. No uh, four. Oh, four, yeah, sorry. He's, he's an accountant. Yeah, yeah, not great, not great. <laughs> uh, rank and order your favorite Ice Dogs teammates. Alex Friesen, Mitchell Theoret, or the Hamilton brothers? And um, I would say uh, definitely Mitchell's in the one hole. He was in my wedding party. He's one of my best friends. Um, he's a lock in the one hole. And then the rest of them I'd say I see pretty evenly. Um, I probably talked to Dougie Hamilton the second most just because playing against them and stuff a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Freeze is, you know, in Europe and off the grid a little bit. But uh, when we, we had a Zoom call actually a few weeks ago with like our old teammates and uh, he hasn't changed a bit. So that was pretty fun to catch up with him. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. So uh, was it John Sandra on that call as well? Uh, I don't think he was on it actually. No? But uh, yeah, no, he wasn't on it. I don't know why. Maybe uh, Is he still alive? I don't know. <laughs> I he is. He's a mortgage broker in Toronto now. Oh, He's doing really well. Good good well. Yeah. yeah. I played against him a little bit when he played for St. Catharines. He was a good player. I used to go. I used to go watch those games all the time. Actually, when we didn't play on like a Friday, we'd go to the the old St. Catharines Arena. We had nothing else to do. We'd go watch the Junior B games. It was awesome. I want you guys to know that Ryan Strom paid to watch me play. <laughs> no, we got it for free. We got it for oh, free. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Uh, oh, all right. That was great. Hole five for me. Uh, have you ever been a or have, well, I guess, were you ever a recipient of one of the Hank gifts? Oh, um, you've heard about those, I guess. Is that, are you talking about like the wine? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I was only there for like one or two of them. We, uh, I feel like since I've gotten there, the team wasn't the most defensive team in the world, unfortunately, <laughs> but, uh, we actually had one and he said Ryan and it was ended up to be our defenseman named Ryan and, he was like really hung over on the plane, like sleeping. And he woke up like, why are they calling my name on the on the monitor? But I was a little pissed because Hanky buys nice wine, but no, I've never got one. No. Oh, all right. He's almost kiboshed the wine thing because the, t- the team's playing shit defensively. No <laughs> <laughs> more fucking wine. Uh, he'll let you guys know, too. He's, uh, he's a goalie that likes throwing his arms in the air when he can't see the puck. Yeah, he's uh, you, if you watch some old clips of him, especially like, you know, 2010 to 15, he goes and reams the bench in the middle of the game and stuff. He's uh <laughs> like that. one of the uh, only goalies that's probably earned their earned the right to do that too though so uh, yeah. is that is that what hole is that we always that, that was hole five all right hole six uh you're a big golfer so which pga tour bro, uh, pro best resembles your golf game and why oh man um can't say it's Riley kaufman i want us to <laughs> i want to jordan Smith, but for a guy that can be so good or so bad i feel like that's pretty 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 comparable to me but i feel like uh i don't know a guy that kind of just gets it done i don't know like kind of hacks it around doesn't hit it too far doesn't hit it too great embraces the cut so i don't know i don't know who that would be kevin kisner kisner yeah man of the people yeah Yeah. middle of the pack guy he's always in his own words he goes no one's gonna finish t30 more than me 
<laughs> try to have a good time. I mean, just hit a solid slice every time and just control it and move on. So there you go. Awesome. Uh, hole seven road trip where you always wish you could bring the golf clubs. Uh, definitely California. Um, I actually had a, we had a, a spyglass round lined up last time and they changed the travel schedule when we were in San Jose. They, they oh. were supposed to stay after the game. We were going to get to fly out and play or something like that. And they changed it. So we were pretty pissed at that. So definitely wow. California. That's a, those California courses are on one of my bucket lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you mentioned Cal Clutterbuck on uh, hole eight, who's the, who has the reputation of being the best golfer in the NHL? Probably him. I think he's actually playing semi like amateur court, uh, tournaments in New York and stuff now. Oh, just cool. Random tour things, but, uh, being his teammate and stuff is pretty cool. He can just destroy the ball. So consistent. He can shoot, you know, parts, not even trying. And the other good one though is Greg McKegg, actually. He's unbelievable. I was just about uh, to mention his name, actually. He's probably going to be popping on here and we're going to be talking to him as well. I heard that guy is a stick. Yeah. And we, so we were playing a lot. He was one of my good buddies last year in the Rangers and we were playing uh, pre-bubble a little bit. And my game was in such shambles and he was just like <laughs> 325 draw, 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 draw. And I'm just like, man, like. He's he's unbelievable, and he he might love golf more than uh, more than us, believe it or not. About a yeah, about a month ago, I was uh, down here uh, visiting these two chumps, and uh, there's a potential of me and him playing red tail. It was like within a two text messages away, like this is happening. I'm driving to London tomorrow, and it didn't end up panning out. So I'm gonna make him honor that offer. But I was using it. I was using an indirect route to get to him, so I don't have. You know, to bail on stuff too, so make sure you. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll let him know that. Um, and then my whole nine question. Actually, I have two whole nine, so it's a it's a par six. Um, what's your must follow golf account on Twitter? Like whether it's for swing tips or uh, or whatever golf information. Uh, I try to stay away from the tips because I feel like if I get something in my head, I just it doesn't help me one bit. Okay, um, Paige Sporanic or whatever her name is then? <laughs> not allowed anymore, Mary. Oh, okay, sorry. But uh, I would say my number one follow was uh, the the Tiger Tracker, 100%. Oh, yeah. So Tiger, Tiger, like, yeah. It, no matter where you are, you put the notifications on, it feels like you're playing the round with Tiger, which is great. He's pretty pretty, uh, pretty funny, too. Like his, uh, his humor is pretty good. If you follow him for a while, it's pretty fun to follow. Yeah, he's got like the alias or whatever. People like try and tag him in the photo. Yeah, yeah. No one knows what he looks like. What a job that guy has. Holy oh, smokes. Okay, and, and second part of hole nine, that was your approach shot. Now it's on the, the green. If you were to pick two uh, of your teammates or NHL players to take on us three in a match, uh, who would you pick and why would you pick them? Well, I'm not going to say Clutterbuck or uh, McKeg because I already said those guys. So okay. I'll, try to, I'll try to go off the board a little bit. Um, I would say... Um, uh, Brock Nelson's a really good player too, and uh, Brady Shea, two Minnesota boys that can absolutely stripe it. These guys, they look like natural golfers, tight draws, pretty impressive to watch, and they're both uh, both big beauties, like to get out there and have fun. So I'd say those two guys are a good time. Yeah, plus right. two decent contracts, we could take some money off them, fellas. <laughs> if, you, if you see what I'm doing here, I'm taking the big money on my team. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like it. Oh, that's good. And, and if uh, okay, go ahead, Gibber. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, uh, leading in, on this, I, I got a few quick questions for you. Uh, Kari asked a couple about the teammates, but if you are to look at your history of teammates in the NHL, I want you to answer a couple questions. Yep. Who is the best golfer you've ever had as a teammate? Clutterbuck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Worst golfer as a teammate? Ooh, there's. I would say, honestly, like usually just anyone from Russia. <laughs> okay. You All right. Any Russians on the <laughs> Let's just say, okay, okay, worst golfer that plays. 
Uh, that plays a lot. Um, ooh, that's a tough one because that's a sensitive topic for some guy. Um, worst golfer that plays a lot. Um, Rick, that's a tough one. I'd say uh, I would say like anybody that's like a ten because like they want to be like way better, but like they probably play like 40, 50 rounds a year and they stink. So <laughs> okay, around, and I was stuck there for a long time, so I know the feeling. So <laughs> I, um, I would say like. Teammate, but this will piss them off. But I'd say Mitch is a pretty good answer there. I was kind of hoping you'd say that. Yeah. I, 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 I should have said just teammate in general. Yeah. All right. Mitch is nice so, enough to come on for one interview and then we just pile it on him for the next <laughs> six weeks. <laughs> we love yeah, we, we, pump, we pump Pendy tires and just throw Mitch uh, on the ball. Uh, okay. okay. All right. So, next one uh, who, which teammate thinks of the best golfer? Um, thinks of the best golfer. And I'll let you know about it. I would say, I would say McKegg thinks he's pretty good and he'll let you know, but he is. Um, the other one is Lemieux. Lemieux, Brandon Lemieux, five, probably similar to me, like can have really good days, really bad days, but he loves playing in a match and loves playing for money. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys. So he's, I'd say him maybe. All right. All right. Who's the biggest sandbagger? There's a lot of, I, I, Honestly, like I kind of want to say, like as bad as it is, I want to say McKeg again. Like he, he's had some. Like I see him play, and then he's telling me he's like he's talking about the round. I'm like, buddy, you're an absolute stick. What are you saying? <laughs> he's one of those, ones, you know. Like he does, maybe, maybe he's just not cocky, and that's what makes him a bit of a sandbagger. Yeah, you're right. with a bad stroke of the brush right now. That's okay. All right. <laughs> Who's most likely to wear golf shoes to go watch a golf tournament? <laughs> Oh man! I honestly, the, the the horrible thing about this is, I actually think I've done that. Which is <laughs> was it wet? Was it wet? I, I don't know if it I doesn't did. Doesn't matter what the conditions were. It doesn't matter. It was either my first time going to the Canadian Open. I was like just trying to like I don't know. I I never been to a golf event, but I also went to Bethpage to watch the PGA Championship, and I watched uh, maybe it was the U.S. Open there once. I can't remember, and I feel like that course is a monster, and I may have done, but I. It may have been like a hybrid golf shoe where they're not like the, you know, the spikes or like whatever, but so I'll throw myself under the bus there. <laughs> we'll give you the pass there. Was that uh, when Brooks won the PGA a couple years ago? I went to that one on the Sunday. That was ridiculous. Yeah. It was, so, uh, so you didn't run into me. You must have better tickets than I did. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was walking around like burning calories like you've never seen. Oh, yeah. That was a tough walk once it got slippery too. Right. So maybe the golf shoes were a good idea. Uh, last one here. Which teammate are you taking to Augusta if you get the chance to play? Oh, oh man, that is so tough. Probably, <laughs> I don't say team, I'm going to say Tavares, probably because he'd pick up the PJ. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer. I love it. I All right. We've had a ton of debates how much we'd pay for a, like a four-summer or whatever at Augusta, and the, the, the range of answers goes from like 1,000 to like, 200,000. So it's pretty funny to see how much guys love Augusta. Yeah. One of those staples. Uh, Worth it. Let's, let's quickly, you mentioned equipment previously. We have a segment called Wrench Talk. So we asked our PGA Tour players that we've had on, the Corn Ferry guys, what's what's in the bag? Like, what what are they playing as far as golf ball goes? Um, how much are, what, out of scale of 1 to 10, how much do you uh, appreciate your gear or care about your gear? Um, I would say like a like an 8. It's oh, okay. a 7, 8. Like, oh. It's pretty expensive stuff, so you want to take care of it. And um. I feel like if you actually, you know, take pride in it and like keep them, keep them in good shape, it actually does help and make a difference as you get better. 
Yeah. So I feel like uh, I'm pretty like, also I got not much else to do in the summertime. So yeah, I'll, do a little, I'll be keeping my bag sharp. Corey Connors and Mackenzie uh, Hughes both, both answered two and three. <laughs> Maybe I'm doing something wrong then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of clubs are you using right now? And what's your favorite club in the bag? Um, I have a, I have Callaway irons that I got from a rep in Edmonton for five season, five uh, tickets to the game. They got a free full set, but I had to get rid of the rogue driver and three, but I couldn't hit that at all. So I got, my brother got me the M M five stuff. Cause he's a CCM guy. So he got me that for Christmas and, um, just got a new Scotty Cameron putter, which I absolutely love. It's the best investment I've ever made because my putting sucks. But, uh, I would say my favorite club right now is like the, um, the M5 Rescue, the Rescue Hybrid, like I can smoke that thing. Like, and I feel like it's almost a cheater club if you just hit it in the center of the face. Do you so, know the loft on? Is it 19 or 21? Uh, I think it's 19. And I, I can hit that thing like, I feel like you can even like choke up on it, hit it like 210 if you need to and, you know, play it into the wind at all situations. So I feel like, especially uh, Credit Valley is not an overly long course. So I can get away with that thing if my driver stinks that day. Gotcha. I like. So did you, you tell Dylan that you expect the sim gear this year? Just you know, Jeremy came out with new stuff. Christmas time, time for new wheels. He's got to get himself the sim gear. His driver's a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't even have good stuff. <laughs> He's got good stuff too. We all we all have pretty good golf equipment. I gotta I gotta give us all credit there. I feel like it, hockey so players like, have good equipment, you know, because they like bring their they appreciate like when you play hockey, like you got to make sure your style is yeah. a certain way. So when you play a different sport, I feel like at least you always look the part, you know. We also don't have to really like buy anything for hockey related now. And I feel like, so then we get to spend some money on, you know, and it's also an easy Christmas gift for like your brothers and my dad and like friends. It's like everyone, every golfer loves getting golf shirts, golf clothes, golf clubs, whatever. Right. So I'll send you my address afterwards. I love Christmas presents. I don't have the sponsorship. Send me the guys using CCM. No problem. Yeah. We need war. We need warrior to buy a golf company. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then uh, wedges and golf ball. Sorry. Just to close out the bag. Oh yeah, I use the uh, I have the Mac Daddy wedges. They're unreal. I got the custom ones. Got my initials on them and stuff. They're all black. They're pretty. I've mm. snapped a few uh, shafts on them, bringing them around trees. But uh, oh yeah, around trees. Holding them decently. And then for balls, I use uh, when I was with Bauer, they were actually sponsored with uh, Bridgestone. So I ordered like as much Bridgestone balls as I could. I had like thousands in my garage, so I still run it on those. But I, everyone gets Pro V ones for like Christmas and birthdays and stuff, and. My wife got a few of them when my daughter was born with her birthday and stuff. So I have been mixing those in a little bit. Nice. So nice. Bridgestone's an underrated ball. That's it. A, is. It is making yeah, it's a good price point too. Like it's not thirty three. Uh, I've been. I don't even know what they were. They're so old. They're like from like three years ago. But it, I feel like all can't change like that much over time, right? They're yeah. all pretty good. Like it depends. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. Like when you're getting like fit for a golf ball, I think like that's probably the most important thing to get fit for. Or, like at least use that golf ball as your baseline. As long as you're spinning enough, the ball staying in the air. Uh, I think yeah, they're all pretty good. I find the biggest thing from like good players and bad players too is like bad players will use like the scuffs and stuff. As soon as I have a scuff, I try to get rid of it because I feel like it actually impacts it more than you think if it's you know what I mean like flying through the air so yeah know. and lots of people don't have the luxury of having boxes uh, and boxes in their garage either so thanks to Bauer for that I guess yeah. thanks Bauer <laughs> awesome uh that was it for me and then uh Simo let's get into fan questions then we'll do a couple close-up questions and then let's call yeah, it we'll in. do uh we got a lot of right in so we're just gonna do we're gonna pick three for you three good ones and it's just like I, I gotta do this on the fly because there's no prep on this all right uh <laughs> If if they paid the same, would you rather play hockey or play on the PGA Tour? 
Oh man, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty close. The hockey's a good life. The schedule's pretty good. Um, I feel like the golf is a lot more stressful, like being individual. So I think uh, I don't think I could handle that personally. I I I don't think I have the mental capacity. So I'll say hockey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how many eagles have you been robbed because of COVID flags? That's my brother, probably for sure. I think I. Uh, <laughs> I had like two or three in like a in like a ten day span on like the same two holes. Oh, so your um, ball striking must be extremely good if you're putting for eagle multiple times in a ten day. True, span. they were they were uh, two of them were chips. I got to be honest. So okay. I, can't, but, uh, I would say a few of them, which is disappointing. It's such a with that with that little thing behind the flag too. It's so much like it just causes huge fights within a match. Like it doesn't count. It's true, and the guy bad, you give it to him. It's just brutal. I will say this: the the best the best thing a golf course could do is just put the little pool noodle in the hole. I don't like the cat the pin caddies very much. Causes too much uncertainty. We don't need any gray area on the golf course. There's already enough. <laughs> I think the pool noodles do the same thing. Uh, pool noodle, if you have that in, they don't put it deep enough. You run the risk of it not lipping in. Yeah, properly. you gotta have the right depth. Okay, the pool yeah. noodle, like the when they first started with the COVID and people had like the noodle up, so you could just ram it on the flags. I had a couple <laughs> of buddies who were like, "Oh, I shot like sixty nine. I'm like, "Oh, dude, that's unreal!" And then I like go to the course and they're just like smashing butts on the noodle. <laughs> Like, uh, that's an unbelievable video on the internet about a guy like, yes, I'm having a clear round. He just keeps hammering and like, oh, I mean, another one. Love it. Anyway, uh, all right, this comes. Uh, this is a two-parter. It's a long one. This is coming uh, from a diehard Oilers fan. What's your oh, immediate thoughts after Crosby walks through you in overtime and scores one of the most memorable goals of the season? I was just thinking, like, you got to be fucking kidding me, especially at <laughs> And the worst part about it is, too, is, like, I got walked by Pedersen one time, too, and, like, both those goals, like, no one really notices anymore, but they're on, like, the previews for, like, the like the the, the, the pump-up shows yeah. and, like, the clips. And I see myself in them, and I'm just looking around the room praying nobody brings it up again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then uh, part two, do you think you could reverse that on Crosby on the golf course after watching the Chicklet Sandbagger Invitational? I would say I'd be able to take him, but uh, he's a pretty competitive guy from what I've heard and what I what I know. So um, I, I don't trust my golf skills um, to that degree for sure. But uh, yeah, getting getting walked, uh, it's hard to walk someone on the golf course too. It's a tough com- tough comparison. That's true. But uh, that was uh, that that those moments are. The highs come with the lowest for sure is what I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking really forward to watching that like intro clip that the NHL has now. I don't know. I, um, I think there, there's so many guys that have been guilty with those two names going through you. Like, yeah. I mean, no, no one could come after you. Maybe if it was like someone else going through you that easy. But uh, that's that's awesome. That's it for the fan segment. I have uh, my favorite question I need to ask. Zurich Classic. You have a partner, a PGA Tour event. Um if you were to pick a PGA Tour partner, uh, let's say maybe a name that you haven't mentioned, a PGA Tour member, who would you want to be your partner for an event uh, in the Zurich? Oh, like like a player to play with? You mean like? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I worded I that horrendous. But yeah, I can't happens. pick Tiger. That's only uh, yeah. Yeah, I would Tiger would he wouldn't even be like he'd be in my first hundred. I don't hundred. That'd be my first. Yeah. Player, but uh, I would say like. Uh, I would say someone like I kind of think for some reason I find that Xander Shoffley guy would be pretty uh pretty cool dude. He seems like pretty like you know with the times like just chilling like nothing too crazy. Good player, but uh, the other one would be Rory. I'm a big Rory fan. I feel like uh, 
he's been through ups and downs and seen a lot. He's been pretty successful, had some lows and um, one of the best to ever do it. Probably just his beautiful swing. I just watched that all day. So he'd be one of them for sure too. Yeah. He's so well-spoken in the media, like for any professional athlete, it's like hard not to, hard not to marvel over what he says. And uh, other than uh, your mom announcing the names when you're walking up to the tee, what kind of music would you guys be coming up to if uh, cuz they do the intro music there <laughs> oh man that was that was crazy <laughs> your mom doing the intro i watched that today that was awesome that was nuts but uh actually uh this summer i was playing with one of my good buddies we were just we were having a good day on like a friday or saturday out there and um he was playing like shit he wanted a pump up song and he told me to put the happy gilmore song on from when the <laughs> one pump up tune that was pretty funny so every time that song comes on we just like we get all fired up it's so cheesy but it's uh it's pretty hilarious for a golf uh you know, especially choice. since it's like a comic golf movie right yeah so like so one thing the vibes are high on the course and he's like shaking his caddy and then going back yeah. i won't try and mumble it but uh yeah, that is- and just so everyone's clear it was an endless love in the moonlight <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i'll take i missed that one for a second you weren't listening to endless love what? Endless love in the dark. Yeah. Like that. And then my last one: if you're going to go watch a PGA Tour event uh, next year, majors included, uh, which one would you go to? And it would be: would it be for the city or for the golf? For the golf course? Uh, Augusta's my bucket list number one, like all time. Like to even to go there, I think would be unreal. Like to play there would be like the dream, obviously. But uh, that would be my number one. I got to see the PGA Championship, which was pretty cool. Um, that was on a Sunday, which was a really unique experience hearing the roars and stuff. But I feel like, um, yeah, the U S open would be okay, but I feel like for me, it would be the, uh, British open and, and, uh, and Augusta. I feel like the British open would be cool. There's a lot of good courses over there. So if you had a group of guys, you could go make a trip out of it. But, um, those would be my, my two for sure. Not even close, really, with Augusta. To be honest no. with you, right answer. That's I'm, right praying, answer. I'm praying Penny gets in because uh, Mitch owes me a bunch of cash, so I'll just oh you know, get, yeah, get a cash in, get a fee, yeah. cash that That's in. Yeah, and we watched him perform in the U.S. Open. I know you're kind of tweeting when uh, when Penny was going through the trials and tribulations of Wayne Foot, and we, we follow him close too since we were able to talk to him. And these guys have played a little bit of golf with him. Uh, there's there's probably no questions uh, asked that he's going to be. He's up there in the world rankings pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's exciting. I, I have my I have my wing foot hat on today oh, for the, uh, oh, the but uh, yeah, that was like just couldn't happen to a better guy, right? You guys have met yeah. him and yeah. um, just, you know been through some injuries and some ups and downs, and just a humble guy works hard, and to have one of my best buddies with him to kind of put it together is uh, great for me to follow, and obviously hope he does good. I mean, you you want to hear good Canadians doing well and good success stories, hundred percent. And then uh, I'll say that logo is like one of the sharpest logos in and then uh, last yeah. thing here this is going to be airing on a wednesday but coming up we're on the previous wednesday uh pnc challenge you, you fired up to watch uh to watch charlie tip it up for the first time and how do you think they'll do yeah that's gonna be i don't know is there gonna be like any like behind the scenes mics of that or is it just like a pure tournament style because that'd be pretty unique i think it's usually like giddy golf like they'll have some uh some extra little media stuff going on i think yeah, yeah usually they get the booms in there but hopefully with covid they they'll do that i feel like i feel like for me like being such a tiger fan like i read his books and stuff and you know followed it a lot i feel like seeing him now the way he interacts with the fans and the people and the players and now his own son is like really cool to see because you hear all the stories about him not talking to anybody and like head down just like killer instinct and stuff which is which is obviously cool but just like the way golf's going i think like him doing this stuff kind of and and that is like so much better for the game and um 
you know, to see him kind of pass down to his son and me being a dad is pretty cool. So I think that uh, it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Love it. Fellas, anything else? I got two questions before we go, Ryan. Um, yeah, I just keep going yeah. here. I'm fucking. Love it. Keep them coming. Uh, what's the best, obviously being in New York City and travel all over the world now, what's the best golf course you've ever played? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, really good question. Up to us, I give her. Damn, I would say probably like the Band and Dunes were up there for me. Like those, those courses are like immaculate. They're unbelievable. They feel like they're hardly touched. Um, but having said that, in New York, there are some sneaky, unbelievable courses. Like New York might be, like we talk about Southern Ontario, New York State alone might be the most underrated golf place in the world. Like, especially like in Connecticut area where Wingfoot is and where I like kind of where we live. It uh, it's remarkable. I went to I went out to uh, the Hamptons. I played like Sabonic and. A few of those courses, Shinnecock and stuff, and those places are uh, those places are pretty sweet too. So the hockey world's been pretty generous. We we're, we're so lucky that everyone kind of wants to hook up the hockey guys, and there's a good golf connection. So we've been uh, pretty lucky to play some cool cool courses. Yeah, get yourself yeah. in the inner circle. Yeah, trying. Uh, we'll have to hook you up with James Nicholas. Get him to take you out to some of the cool tracks in uh, in New York as well. Uh, we've had him on the pod. It was an awesome interview, and uh, he's coming up on the. Uh, the corn fairy tour there with Pendy. The last one before we go, who's the most famous person you've met in New York City? Oh, that's a good question. Um, nice uh, we got to meet uh, we got to meet a bunch of actors from the sh- like the show Power and Billions and stuff oh, yeah. like that. So we met. Uh, I don't know who the guy that plays Chuck Rhodes. I forget Paul Grimaldi is that his name? Something like that. Uh, I don't know. He's a, he's an actor. We met a bunch of actors, and there's always like uh, there's always like famous like the. Uh, What's his, what's, what's the guy's name from uh, Kiss? Gene Simmons was like behind our bench one game. So like the celebrity row is right behind our bench. And that's pretty like every game we, we all take a peek back and see who's there. Like one of the, one of the Jenners was there, like Kendall Jenner or something. Oh, one yeah. time the boys were like. Letting the flow go in <laughs> warmups. Just like. Get <laughs> <laughs> that world. Coming out of the tunnel. Yeah. That, that's the water going, throwing the hair. I see Lemieux doing that for sure. Oh yeah. Big time. But uh <laughs> In terms of also, actually, uh, Joe LaCava, Tigers Cat, he's a huge Rangers fan, and I've had some beers with him after the Rangers game. Oh. And, um, we've, uh, we like, we stay in contact. Like He texted me when I signed my contract, and uh, he was texting me actually the Saturday after the Augusta round like because we were just talking. I think it was around when I was signing, and for some reason we were talking, and I was like, boy, is Tigers Cat, he just texted me and had nothing to do with like Tiger or golf, but I just had to rub it into everyone I was with. But he's a – He's an unbelievable guy. One of the nicest you'll get. And um, he's a big New York sports fan. So for me, like that's probably one of the coolest we've got to meet because he's, uh, you know, he's actually just a, such an average dude catting for like, you know, our favorite athlete, that's right? Unreal. So it's pretty unique. Yeah. yeah. It helped you, helped you stay in New York, eh? You're thinking about, well, maybe should I jump around, <laughs> try the waters? No, no. Joey Lacava. <laughs> He's a big New York fan. There's a chance you might make uh, meet Tiger down the road. A lot, of, a lot of golf connected. I got I got I can't leave New York yet. I got a lot of golf I want to play. There's some so many great courses and stuff there that uh, you know. Hopefully we get to play. We got to play a little bit of it because the bubble we were in the summer, right? It was like kind of the schedules were off. But uh, usually in the winter we don't get to. But there's some great golf in New York, even in the city, like indoor golf ranges and golf facilities that you guys like would blow your minds. Like any golf fans, like you can't even believe some of the stuff there. Yeah, what'd you yeah. shoot at uh, Shinnecock? Sorry, uh, not not good. Like, okay. It was not good. Like it's so windy there too. Like I found Sabonic was maybe even harder. Just like if you get wind on a bad day, like you got no shot. But uh, I keep talking about Clutterbuck actually. But he played like a week or two before the U.S. Open a couple years ago and shot like I think seventy three oh. from one. I don't know which tees they were, but he's a 
he's a stick. So, I mean, you can, I mean, I think I'm like an average golfer. Like I can play good rounds, but then I compare myself to like these guys and it's like not even close. So those guys are the big boys. That's a 73 is impressive. Usually they let you play one T forward, but like when you're shooting, forward, they don't want to wreck the box, right? Yeah. So. When you're shooting those numbers that like the, the extra iron or the extra iron or two don't, doesn't matter too much because your short game stays the same around the green. Yeah, they're, good, they're good players. Anyway, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. That, that uh, was, we were looking forward to this one and it delivered 10 times more. You're a blast to talk to. We appreciate you uh, being such a fan of golf and sharing the time. And uh, we appreciate the stories. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks guys. That was awesome. Uh, keep doing a good job. It's fun for like an average golf guy like me to listen to you guys. Shoot the shit about golf. It's a lot of fun. So I appreciate Love it. Love it. Good. Awesome. Well, we appreciate having you on, man. Thanks a lot. All right, fellas, that's it for today's interview with Ryan Strom. What a beauty that one was, eh, fellas? Unreal guy. Uh, lo- really looking forward to you know next summer getting out and playing with him. Uh, just you know, hockey guys they love golf, and you know it sounds like like uh, he really loves it, and he, he's looking to get the game better, uh, take some money off the boys. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it kind of gives you a, a unique perspective into like an NHLers game. They talk about like uh, getting away from the rink, getting it out of a completely different competitive dynamic. And golf's a nice little, little compliment. You're not a part of the team. You can kind of still hang out with your buddies for five, six hours in a day and have some fun doing it. So uh, I, I hope we keep the NHL interviews going because I think uh, it, it brings in a different listener base, brings in a different perspective. And uh and I, I hope you guys, if you get out with them next year, if we get out with them next year, we can take some of that uh, that nice juicy contract he has too. Um, but I, I will say this, like uh, just wrapping up this uh, this podcast here, um, we're heading into a 21, 2021 golf season now. We'll start with the Hawaiian swing. We were recently talking to Mac Hughes, getting prepared for those kind of events. Um We've, we've been pretty lucky in 2020 as far as battling through and having some great interviews. I'm really looking forward to seeing the SRP alumni tip it up on the PGA Tour for 2021. And uh, it's going to be awesome. They're all getting the bump. They're all getting the bump. And we'll teach, like, Max, Max episode, we interviewed Mac, as you mentioned. He's coming out uh, in New Year's. He's our New Year's episode. The week after, we have uh, Ryan Strom's brother, Dylan Strom, member of the Chicago Blackhawks. Then we're going to have Chase Kepka. Like, we have an awesome lineup. And uh, moving into the 2021 year, we're also going to be transitioning from uh, audio only. We're going to be adding some video into the podcast, fellas. Um, so that's something that people can look forward to. There's some things that go on in the podcast that, like, you know, when you listen to it, you can't really see. And I think uh, video will will be entertaining for you guys to kind of be able to see these guys' personality and look at what Gibber gets to wear every day. You got Gibber, you got to change up that sweater, big guy. It's the same thing every time. <laughs> hey. When you're in quarantine, why would why would you do lots of laundry? I don't leave the house, man. You gotta, you gotta, it is a recession. Got to save on the water. I might actually have to shower before we jumping on our podcast. Now maybe work on my backdrop a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. work on my backdrop too. I got I got the Peloton bike here. I got shit everywhere. Uh, it's a war zone here. That's what makes it, fellas. That's what makes it. I got I'll be, wearing, I mean. I'll be wearing Bulldog everything. There'll be like little betting lines, like a ticker going across <laughs> the top, like Vegas betting odds live. I think that's how I want to set it up. Oh, that's awesome. But we're looking forward to it. Uh, If you guys have any suggestions on guests or like episodes that you want to see, like feel free to write in. You can either write us in on email, which we have there or, uh, or on Instagram. Um, Anything else, fellas? That's it for me. That's it for me. Um, Looking forward to a nice holiday break here. Uh, Again, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. Hopefully uh, 2021 uh, treats us with uh, a lot of nice golf for the, for the boys here. 
Awesome, fellas. We'll be back next week with another interview. Until then, keep swinging, everyone. <laughs>